Hello Church Collective, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Church Collective podcast. My absolutely dear friend Mark is here with us today and we're going to be talking about Jesus because he is the centre of our faith and we just want to talk about him and have a conversation about him. We are going to talk about Jesus, particularly how he relates to us in a particular way, but we'll get on to that. But for now, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself? I could introduce you, but it would take me five minutes because I would compliment you so much because you're such a great person. So why don't you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, like Simon says, my name is Mark. I'm married to Nick. We have three children, Alicia, Frankie and Jamie. We live in a seaside town called Southport, which is quite near to Warrington. And uh, we've been here since 2002. Uh, we are part of a local Anglican church called Christchurch, uh, where we worship and we serve. And that's how we know each other, isn't it, Mark? So it I did my curacy, my training to be a vicar at Christchurch. And uh, Mark and Nicola, so Mark and his wife, were the first people to invite us round for a dinner from the Christchurch congregation and immediately, as anybody who knows me will know, you get to my heart through my stomach. Yeah. So uh, that's why they have become such long lasting friends. Mark, I would love to hear how you came to know Jesus for yourself and how you placed him at the centre of your life. Tell us your story. Yeah, there's lots of uh, thoughts around who Jesus is and the role that he plays in people's lives. But for me, I grew up in church, always knew about God, got to 14, met a girl, as you do. And uh, she took me to her local church, which was a Pentecostal church. And at the end of the service, she took me up to this lovely old couple. And they said to me, are you born again? Now, I'd never heard this phrase. I'd not heard what it meant to follow Jesus. And, and so that very week, I gave my life to Christ. And that was the point where everything changed. Um, it wasn't just about knowing about him anymore. It was actually knowing him and the life that he brings to you. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was a few years ago. I'm now 47. So that was a good few years ago. But that the rest of this time has been a time of journey and adventure about getting to know the risen Jesus. So when you say that on that moment, you gave your life to Christ, um, we use that language in the church. But for people who maybe haven't heard of that language before, what does that actually mean and what does that actually entail for our lives going forward from that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think for, for many people who would claim to know Jesus, they may just know about him. They know facts about him. They may not even read the Bible, but they don't have a relationship with him. And I think that was true for me. You know, I, I knew about him, but accepting Jesus into my life was more about saying to him that you now own everything about me, that you have saved me, you've transformed me, he, you put your Holy Spirit in me because I put my trust in who you are and what you've done on the cross. And now because of that, everything is about you. And, and I choose to follow you with everything that I am. My family, my work, my life suddenly is revolving around a person. And that person is Jesus. And we talk about placing Jesus at the centre of our lives and everything revolving around him rather than which naturally happens in the world. If you don't have a faith in Christ, you put yourself at the centre or maybe you put your family at the centre, or maybe if you love football, you put football at the centre of your life. Or there's 
There's always something that is in the centre of your life. But for Christians, placing Jesus at the centre is saying something really significant and the outworking of our day-to-day life is different as a result. So Mark, for you, what does the outworking of placing Jesus at the centre of your life look like? Yeah, whatever you place at the centre of your life will govern your decisions. It will influence you, it will dictate what you do with your time, your energy, your money, your affections. And so to place Jesus at the centre of my life is exactly that. Suddenly he has an influence, the complete influence over every area of my life. And so your life can go in a particular direction and whatever you put in the centre of your life will lead you into that direction. And so for me, putting Jesus in that place to say to him that everything revolves around what you think influences the way I parent, the way I work, the way I do pleasure, everything suddenly is led by what he thinks, not what I think. He created us. He knows us intimately. You know, he he created the very core of who we are, the way we think, the way we feel, everything he knows about. And so why wouldn't we want to live the life that the creator originally designed for us to have. Because if that's true, then our mental well-being, our emotional well-being, our relational well-being, our physical and spiritual well-being will be at peace. It'll be right because he knows how we tick. And and I think that's that's very true when we see that of Adam and Eve when right at the beginning of time, that God creates these people and everything was good, as Genesis would say. And then it's only when they stepped away from that, when they stepped away from him being the center of all that, that things start to go awry, that they saw real change and decay relationally, emotionally. And, and that's, that, like I say, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't I want the God who knows all about me and knows all about how life works to be right at the core of who we are and the decisions that we make? Because ultimately he has our best at heart. And I love that language that you've just used because I think it shows that Jesus being at the centre doesn't mean that other things aren't important or other people aren't important but that with Jesus being the centre those relationships are enhanced our decisions making is um, in his will the, the way, I think, as you mentioned before, the way we use our um, time, efforts, resources are him-centred, but also focused on a wider sphere. So for me, when I think about Jesus being at the centre of my life, it, it doesn't mean that I don't care for Hannah, my wife, or my children, or my wider family, or where I'm living, or the day-to-day experiences that I want both myself and my family to have. But what it does mean is that Jesus is at the centre of those and he is the priority in order to make those things even more joyous, makes those things have such more meaning and purpose. No, absolutely. And, and the whole thing about Jesus coming and he says, I've come to reveal the Father. He came to reveal who God is. And I, and I think that's massive for us as Christians, is he came to reveal a better way. And, you know, if, if we don't put Jesus in that place, we will try and understand how life works. We will make certain decisions on what we know or what we think is best. But he comes with a new perspective. And, and the thing that is radically transforming is not just the person of Jesus himself, but also the message that he brought. Uh, because the message he brought was good news, you know, good news for the whole world. 
And, and it's that good news that actually has got to be our starting point. So my life is not just based on, on Jesus, but the message he brings. And the message he brings is a gift of grace, a gift of love, a free gift of love. And, and that grace, that undeserved love of God has been made known to me. Now I get to make that known to my world. Now and that world being, like I say to my work, my family, my friends, wherever I'm placed, it's that grace that is going to transform my community my life, my family. And, and for me, I, I've got to cling on to Jesus, but also onto his message and the truth that he brings to, to, to me personally, uh, but also the message that he wants to bring through me to others, whether that is how I parent, how I serve, all those areas of my life that he might place me in, that I get to reveal his goodness to, to people around me. So to go back to your testimony or your story, Mark, on that day when you were 14, when you went to the girl that you'd taken a little bit of a fancies to's church, if you hadn't have given your life to Jesus on that day and you hadn't placed him at the centre of who you are, what do you think your life would look like now? How would it be different? <laughs> That's a great question. And I wonder, you know, growing up as a, as a good kid, as a, as a child that, um, you know, I grew, I grew up in a nice family and, and had good things available to me. But we're selfish at heart, you know, and I, and I know full well that decisions I've made to this date have been influenced by him. And it's have been decisions that have made me give my life for others in a way I don't think I would ever have done if I'd not known Jesus. Because he's given me a new perspective of what it means to love. And so I'd probably be an all right person. I'd probably have a nice job and uh, have a nice family. But I don't think that level of love that gets to flow in me and through me to others would be as strong. Yeah, I love that. I think, uh, similarly, I think if I hadn't placed Jesus at the centre of my life, I would be an inherently selfish person. I think um, that is something that we probably all battle with wanting to place ourselves at the center of our lives and what is good for me and what things can I get out of this? How is this benefiting me if I do X or Y? And I think there's always some of that, even if we've given our life to Jesus, goodness me, we're all human. We, we all have those desires of ourselves. However, I think similar to you, if I hadn't placed Jesus at the centre of my life. I don't think I would, well, I certainly wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, but I definitely don't think that I would have, pray God, done some of the good that I have done in, in his name, in service of him, because I would have been selfish to that and desiring of other things. Additionally, for me, actually, I as well, not, not just going down the sort of service route of, of others, Jesus says um, that he gives life and life to the full. And if I hadn't put Jesus at the centre of my life, I might have tried to fill holes in me, in my life, with other things that would, in the worldly terms, provide us with satisfaction and meaning and purpose. But whenever I've seen people who place their life and the centre of their lives and the importance of their life on things not of God, they are never truly fulfilled. 
And I can wholeheartedly say from the day that I gave my life to Jesus when I was 18 years old, that increasingly year on year, I feel that I have lived life more and more to the full. I am more joyous. I am more um, in love with God and with other people, as you've mentioned already, Mark. There is something that bubbles in me with excitement when I get to share the message of Jesus and the good news that he is, which we call the gospel the, that he proclaims. And if I hadn't placed Jesus at the centre of my life, I wouldn't be living that life and I therefore wouldn't be living life to the full. And, and also just the perspective of if we didn't know Jesus, this life is it. That's all we've got. Yeah, and and so for me, I, I would be live. I would be living just to fulfil today. That's all I would be thinking about. You know, maybe planning for my future, but my future is only going to be limited to however long I'm going to be alive on this earth. But actually, my perspective shifted now because I know Jesus, and he's you know, like you say, he he says that I, I come that you might have life, but that's eternal life, and not just a life that starts in in heaven when we meet him face to face, but a life that starts here when we get to know him and we are born again, as as we say. And, and I think living with eternity in mind shifts the way you think about yourself and the, and the way you think about others. And so if I didn't have Jesus in my life, you know, would I make some good decisions? Maybe. Would I have a, a life that's got great things in it? Maybe. But we've got to remember that this life is not all that there is, that there is a greater perspective of one day we will meet him and become like him and spend eternity with him. And, and so I, I have to live with that in mind. So if I didn't know Jesus, I wouldn't have that. I, I just have this whole sense of, I've just got to make the most of this because this is all I've got. And there's a sense of hopelessness in that. And, you know, and, and now we, are, we live as a people of hope, you know, people who know actually this is not the end, that there are many things that Nick and I have gone through that are tough. You know, there are tough things that people face in life. But we know that this is not the end, that one day we will be with Jesus and all these things will have a very different perspective to them because they are short-lived. And, uh, and I think that's got to be the thing that I'm very grateful for, that, that, that we have a knowledge of there is something more than what we see today. Come on. We named um, our daughters um, Primrose and Evangeline, but their, their middle names are Primrose Joy and Evangeline Hope. And the reason we chose Joy and Hope is because that to us, those words symbolise and epitomise what it is to live in the fullness of Christ. And therefore we want that in our daughters' lives. Um, so yeah, I love that you've raised the word hope in that because we do have that hope mm. in Jesus. So Mark, you said at 14, you gave your life to Jesus and you placed him at the center of your life. You didn't describe how you did that because I'm hoping that people listening to this podcast, if they haven't done that for themselves, are hearing our conversation and desiring that something happening, stirring in you right now that is saying, I want to live life to the full. I want me to have an eternal perspective to my life. I want to have this joy and hope and love that both Mark and I are describing. How do we actually put Jesus at the centre of our lives? No, that's, again, such a great question. When we, when we read the New Testament, you know, the, the book that talks about who Jesus is and when he lived and walked on this earth, what we see time and time again is Jesus say, come and follow me. Come and follow me. 
it wasn't just about believing in a set of doctrine, your right thought about who God is. It wasn't just about being a good person. It was about following Jesus. And, and so for me, this, this whole thing about becoming a Christian is saying to Jesus, you now are my master and my God and my Lord. You know, someone who has complete authority over everything that I am. And I choose to lay down everything that I am for your cause. Whatever you want to do in my life, whatever you want to do through my life, you are that. And what Jesus says is, if you will come and follow me, we will come and make, and when he says we, he means God, you know, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we will come and make our home in you. And so to become a Christian is to, is to have this supernatural change that happens through the Holy Spirit coming in, working in you and revealing who God is. And that is a journey. You know, when you first become a Christian, it's that sense of just stepping out of, like, if you follow anybody anywhere, they're going to take you somewhere. And, and Jesus is taking us all somewhere in this life to make us know him more, but also to fulfill his purposes on this earth. And, and so for me, becoming a Christian was about just handing over my life, saying, you now have complete control. And he says, great, I'll come and live in you and work in you for his glory. And that, that's what we call worship, you know, living that he might be lifted up higher than anybody else in our life or anything in our life. And so we live with it again with a new perspective of we don't live for ourselves but for him. And so to become a Christian is absolutely is fixing our eyes on the one that we're following and allowing him to be the ultimate uh, decision maker over everything that we are. And there is definitely a, a moment where we make that decision for the first time. It has to be a, an active decision to... Um, as sometimes we say in the church, sort of push through the door. Jesus is is there at the door and he's waiting for us to step into the the incredible opportunities and love that he has for us. And we have to push into that door. So we have to actively say, yes, Jesus, I want to put you at the centre of our lives. But the Bible does also talk very clearly how we need to say that every day renewing that every day when we when we wake up in the morning saying Jesus today as I pray yesterday was and as I pray tomorrow will be I want to place you at the center because I don't know about you Mark but very easily in our walk our perspectives can shift throughout the day can't they and in seasons in our lives so that daily recommittal to saying Jesus you are the one I follow you are the one that brings me joy. You are the one that brings me love and loves me undeservedly. That reminder really helps. Is that same for you? Yeah, and I think what's interesting about that is you, you talk about making that decision to follow Jesus. And, and, there are, and that's very true. And that's exactly what I did. You know, the way I became a Christian was this, this elderly couple that chatted to me, gave me what's called a tract. You don't really see them as much anymore, but it's like a little pamphlet that had the explanation of the gospel at the end you could sign it to say I give my life to Jesus and so I did that and I I remember sitting on my bed and doing that but for many Christians in the church they don't remember a moment they just remember just being brought up in the church and that they were brought up in the faith and never really remember not following Jesus and so so how does that work for them and people will bring that to you when you talk about this stuff of becoming a Christian and say well have I become a Christian then and my answer to, to them and to somebody who's just given their lives to Jesus for the first time is, what will you choose today? Mm. What will you choose today? Because all we have is our daily choice to follow Christ. And so that doesn't matter then if, you, if you've walked with him all your life 
and you can't remember having that moment or you remember a very distinct moment when you were 14 or whatever that might have been when you said yes Jesus I leave everything that I was and I choose to follow you because what counts for me is today what counts for me is am I willing to lay down my life and say Jesus all for you all for you and and that that's the challenge is not to for me to go back to a decision I made fourteen uh, no many many years ago when I was fourteen I say fourteen years ago but it's many more than that. You, it look looking at you now, Mark. It looks like it was only fourteen. You're years very ago, kind. But you were fourteen. The light in this room is quite dim. <laughs> and but it, I I can't go back. And it's a bit like marriage, isn't it? You know. So if we if we can only evaluate our marriage based on the day that we actually got married, things might not work out very well, um, because what really matters in my marriage with my wife is my daily decision to love her. That I know I'm married because I can go back to a day that we got married. But the actual outworking of that relationship is found in the daily decisions that I make to love my wife. And that's exactly what it means to follow Jesus. There is a day that I, my life was changed forever. And that was at that moment. I truly believe that when I was 14 and I gave my life to Christ, when he said, come, follow me, and I accepted that invitation. But the life that that now brings to me, the life that I see of him in me is based on the decision to love him on, on a daily basis saying, I choose to love you. What does it mean to love someone is to lay down your life in preference for them. So this podcast is is trying to document the story of Church Collective, of which I want to continually bring that back to Jesus, because without Jesus, the story of Church Collective wouldn't exist without Jesus. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now in, in leading this and inviting people in to experience the love of Jesus for themselves and making that decision to make him the centre of our lives. So there have been decisions that have had to have been made on the journey of Church Collective, particularly at the point of uh, starting the church and working out what that looked like. And the last few weeks we've been thinking about how the Holy Spirit guides us in that. But in our decision making, how do we ensure that Christ is at the centre of that as well as the centre of our lives? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, from the beginning of time, you know, when we go back to Genesis, we see that God speaks. God speaks and things come to be. And, and he creates Adam and Eve again, you know, and, and he speaks and expects them to obey. And that relationship was all based on them believing in him, having faith, as we describe that to be now, but believing what he said to be true. And what we see is that they step away from that and wanted something more, wanted something outside of what God had already said. And, and so for me, when it comes to this, it's will I believe God? Will, will I trust that what he says is good enough? So how do I do that? Well, I do that through reading his word. So his word, the Bible, as we call it, the Bible is, is the book that reveals the nature, the goodness, the character of God. But also it reveals the, the call on us to become his people, to, to love him and to be shaped by him. Not just individually, that's the temptation, isn't it, is sometimes to work this out on your own. But actually this is best placed in community. And that's why I love missional communities. Missional communities is all about connecting with other believers because we see Christ in all. We see Christ in those around us. We get to, to learn what it means to follow him by looking at other people's lives. And how do we do that? By spending time with them, 
by seeing the good decisions they make as they, they choose to follow Jesus. And, and so for me, to truly know and to stay focused on him is to believe his word. And so how do, how do I do that? Well, I read his word. And, and so there's many, many different ways we can connect with the Bible. And, uh, and I've explored many, many of them. And so, so the best way is just to start somewhere. Just start to get the word of God into your life. And especially the New Testament when we think about the life of Jesus. Because when you see who Jesus is, you are transformed by him too. And so, so through reading his word, accepting truth. But as James says, the book of James says in the New Testament, that it's not just about reading it, it's about doing it. And so the big thing for me is, will I become obedient? If I'm going to be shaped by this radical religion that we call Christianity, this, this place of knowing Jesus and being transformed by him, I have to do what it says. And, and James says, it's not, if you look in a mirror and you see yourself and you walk away and you forget what you look like, well, it's pointless. That's absolutely pointless. And it's a bit like that with God's word. You know, for me, when I read the Bible, I see how life is meant to be. And I've then got a choice to come away and live like that or not. And it depends on the day, how good I am at that. Um, but, but in order to become like Jesus, it's to become obedient to God and what he says of us. And so I'd say, absolutely, you read the Bible through prayer. You know, for me, prayer is, is a big thing, something I'm growing in and I need to grow so much more in. But yet prayer is a place of encountering God in relationship. You know, that this isn't about, again, not just obeying arbitrary roles, but knowing God and knowing his voice. It says that the spirit of God comes to remind us of everything that Jesus has said. And he lives inside of us. And so as we walk with him, it's about knowing his voice. And I think having the complement of those two things, when we're saying, Jesus, you're at the centre of our life and there are decisions that need to be made, the complements of reading scripture and being obedient to his call over our lives and prayer is so key because in scripture uh, thinking of church collective there, there is no verse that says simon renison moved to warrington and started church nor does it mention southport in your case mark but it does talk about us being guided by who Christ is in our decisions. It does talk about stepping out in faith. It does talk about wanting to reach the lost. And so therefore the complement of scripture with the ever growing relationship that we can endeavour to hold in prayer with God and God speaking to us as we've heard these past few weeks, those two complementing I believe, as you've described, Mark, that that will hold Jesus at the centre of all our decisions. Mark, I wonder, finally, if we, we'll draw to a close in a second, but I wonder if you have an example of where you have had to make a decision and keeping Christ at the centre of that decision has just made that decision just so right and you just know it was totally God's leading in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think growing up, you have a particular view of life about how life is going to work out, the job you're going to get, the, how, how many children you're going to have. You know, you just have that plan in your mind's eye. And I remember being 19 and uh, I was going to go off to university and uh, just go down that whole road of becoming a, a teacher. And uh, I'd booked into university, reserved a place, but um, I was invited to go down south to do a discipleship year. And so I accepted that, went down south. But the view was always to come back up north, always to come back up north, get a job, go to university, get a job, become a teacher. And I remember distinctly being down south and, and uh, suddenly something inside me just felt like, no, this isn't going to happen. 
This isn't what God wants for you. And um, there was a new church plant happening in Ipswich. I was living in South End at the time. And um, there was a call just to go and join this church plant. Now, for me, this was either go back, uh, go back home to Southport and be part of, you know, just that whole uh, going to university, getting a job, being able to fashion my own future or trusting God. And that was a massive decision. And so I was able to take that back to God and go, do you know what? The rest of my life only has meaning if I follow you. So if I come back to Southport, I could do all that and it would be good. You know, becoming a teacher that I wanted to be would have been great. Uh, things may have gone well, but things are so much better because I chose to follow him. And we moved to Ipswich. We planted a church there. And we got to see so many people's lives transformed because of the gospel, because of just a simple step going, God, I trust you. I trust that you have got the best for me um, and for a community that you're sending me to. And then as a result, I met my wife and we got married and had kids and we were, were now back in Southport, trusting that this is where Jesus wants us today. But it's that still small voice that sometimes people will say, well, how do you know the will of God? And sometimes you just have to go with, I think this is what God is saying. I, I just trust this is what the Lord is doing. And that's back to what we common sense and uh, wise counsel from friends and the, the word of God, all those sort of things. But sometimes it's a stepping out going, Lord, I trust you. I trust this is what you're calling me to be, calling me to do, and I'm just going to do it. Amazing. I'm sure that there are people listening to this, Mark, who are at a bit of a crossroads with a decision. Maybe that decision is, do I want to follow Jesus, make him the centre of my life? Maybe the people listening to this have already made that decision, but there's a bit of a crossroads in in their, their job or their circumstance. And I'd love it if you would just pray for them. Pray that Christ is at the centre of all and just bless them. Would you mind ending with prayer? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Psalm 16 says, uh, you will show me the paths of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. And I just want to pray over everybody that is listening to this, wherever you might be, uh, whatever stage of life you're at, however you know Jesus today that God might bless you, that he might reveal more of himself to you, that you might know that love that we talked about earlier in this um, talk, that we, we talk about his love, his unconditional grace, transforming every single bit of you because he knows you and loves you so deeply. And I, I pray, God, that you would uh, put your hand on every life that is uh, connected with this podcast at this time. Lord, that they might know you, be transformed by you, that God, that your joy might be in them and they might find meaning in you. So God, I pray that um, that you would take this, um, this these thoughts that we've had today, God, and I pray that this journey of following Jesus might become real to them, whether they know you or not, that this journey might become even more real. God, that your blessing would be on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mark. We invite everyone to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally.